Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Woolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. I feel like I blew this one already, this episode, because I didn't bring one of those things that you put in your mouth for New Year's, because this is our first episode of 2024. Yeah. We should be like super excited and have like I think maybe corks popping. And, I got you. I mean, I, I know we have that at New Year's, but right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the problem is starting the episode with, I think I already blew the episode. <laughs> Corinna, you got to keep that in there. So just in case you don't know what you have just, uh, you know, bumped into, Welcome to the first 2024 episode of Between Two Chairs. My name is Fernando Arencivia, and with me, as always, is the whimsical and the ever-creative Mrs. Jennifer Woolman. But obviously not very good on execution <laughs> of that creativity since I, it just came to my brain now. Anyway, so welcome, everybody. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season and New Year's. We are so excited about 2024. I love the first month of the year because anything's possible and clean slate, starting over, starting on our goals, etc. So today... We are going to continue our kindergarten series because we haven't had one of those in a long time by playing the game Connect the Dots. Mm. Do you remember that game or that? It wasn't really a game. It was more like a book with dots in it and a series of numbers above the dots. And you yeah. had to connect the dots in order to and you had to connect them in the right order in order right. to get the picture to become clear. Do you remember those? Did you? Ever? I will say that one of the, one of the joys for me was this is an episode in a series that we call the kindergarten series. We've done it before, where we've spoken about uh, the little engine that could, and we spoke about the you know uh, what was the other three one? little pigs. the three little pigs, and you know, and so when you say this is part of the kindergarten series, it's called Connect the Dots. I started googling to find the book connect the dots <laughs> and i'm like connecting the dots this is like you know there's by the way there's a ton of books called connecting the dots yes. but the there only one for books. children is right it's the one where you actually you know you have a bunch of numbers and you connect the dots you connect the numbers in order so that a picture you know shows itself so so I, <laughs> so and there's a reason i picked this you yes. know i, I mean sure, more I'm than sure just because i'm really a kid and an adult body <laughs> but um the bay area discovery discovery museum in the san francisco bay area states that connect the dot games help children develop the ability to see abstract images in seemingly random patterns mm -hmm. and this activity is really a mental flexibility exercise that focuses on the dots but 
it addresses problem solving issues by making connections between yeah. ideas. Right. So um, today I wanted to focus on the commercial real estate version of Connect the Dots, where you sure. train your brain to see abstract news stories that you read or conversations that you hear or things that you see in your neighborhood or your community yeah. or your state. And you start piecing those different kind yeah. of pieces of information together into sure. either your local real estate market, your personal real estate investing yeah. goals, etc. So yeah. that was kind of my thinking. No, I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's, it's a very good point. I remember that, and I'm going to very much date myself, but there used to be a time in high school where you would take typing classes. Yes. Uh, I don't think that that is the I case any longer, but there was an assignment in typing class in which you have to follow instructions and you would have to count the number of times you, you press the space bar and then you would have to put a capital X and then you, you, you go to the next line and then you go ahead XX XXX and then space, 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 and you do the same thing. And at the end of all of those instructions, you would have a picture, you know, that is created as a result of that. So that that connectivity with connect the dots. But I, I do think that it is important in your evolution as a as a real estate agent and as an investor is that, uh, you know, when you start to when you begin to piece together opportunities that are not obvious. Right. And that are created out of you connecting two parties together that no necessarily would come together, uh, you know, that, that the connection of that would not be as obvious. So I, I, I think that there is that evolution if you're on the brokerage side. If you're an agent, that takes time to develop. It takes time for you to first to see that there are dots to connect and then to find the ways to make those connections. And I know we'll, we'll go a little bit more deeper into it. As an investor, I think the same thing happens. And, you know, I'm, it, it's funny because in the last episode, when we were uh, talking about, you know, our lessons, one of the lessons was about perception. And, you know, one of the lessons was about perception. And the other lesson was about the, the, the chasm between per perception and reality and finding opportunity in the middle of both, both of those things. And so I think that that is an important component of uh, connecting the dots as well. So I, I'm, I'm just, you know, laughing about the connect between the last episode of the year and this first episode of the year. Well, and se several of our previous episodes, such as the dog days of summer, our interview with Robin Webb, who talked about the importance of seeing where the hotel industry is moving, where's the next area for hotels. Yeah. Um, Dilly Becker investing on the edge of scary thinking kind of outside yeah. the box was sure. connecting the dots in what was happening in yeah. Robin's case in his industry and Delise's case yeah. in her neighborhood and in the dog days of summer just yeah. in terms of what we were seeing community-wide in terms of the Correct. importance of pets yeah. based on what we were seeing so I think those are some really generic kind of ideas of, of connecting the dots, right. but some of the bigger ideas to me that stand out in the South Florida market was Meg Daly mm -hmm. and her underlying idea. Mm -hmm. So Meg Daly used to work at my old brokerage. That, that almost feels like a, like a, like a real connected that because she is connecting she neighborhoods. And, and that was my point. And because my second one is yeah. the bright line. And these are examples of 
individuals coming together, connecting the dots that resulted in physically connecting places and communities yeah. and creating opportunities everywhere along mm -hmm. those connections, right? right? So with Meg Daly, she used to work at my brokerage. She worked on a team and she's a bike rider and she fell off her bike and broke both of her arms. And going to, to rehab and physical therapy, she had to take the Metro Rail and get off at her stop and then walk to the physical therapy office. And a lot of that walk was under the underline. And for those of you who aren't from Miami, our, our train system is called the Metro Rail and it goes above ground, kind of like the High Line in New York used right. to. And so she took the idea of the High Line and said, why don't we create the underline where this bike path or this walking path becomes way more engaging and yeah. helps connect communities. And so she formed a nonprofit, left her job, and put her head down and focused on this. And now we've got at least several sections of yeah. this beautiful, engaged, underlined park with different sections and walkability and everything else. But it's sure. also created a lot of real estate opportunities along the route in areas that previously had been forgotten or weren't as accessible other than by car. Um, and then the Bright Line did the same thing, right? The Bright Line connected first Miami to Fort Lauderdale by fast passenger train, then Fort Lauderdale to Palm Beach, and now finally Palm Beach to Orlando. And by connecting those dots and connecting those cities, the commercial real estate market up and down the Brightline corridor exploded mm -hmm. because what did what did that Brightline do? It allowed people who live in a cheaper part of yeah. a, the, a, in another county that right. is more affordable than Miami, but mm -hmm. still work in Miami to not spend hours and hours in traffic. You can be on this beautiful right. train, you know, That's with right. Wi-Fi, working, sleeping, partying, right. if you're going back and forth between um, some kind of sporting event. So that was my idea with connecting the dots and beth azor as an investor did this when she was reading her local newspaper and heard that um, one of the universities in her area was going to be expanding and her brain which is very good at connecting dots immediately started going to okay what do students need where are they going to bring who are they bringing in what what's missing around here and she based her investments based on connecting those dots um i find this so interesting you mentioned both things because you know one of the things that you begin to realize as you are seeing the development you know of the underline right and you see the beautification that is created there and then you take a train ride uh, of the bright line from Miami to Palm Beach County I've yet to be in the entire ride to Orlando hopefully right. we'll do that in this year coming up uh, which I'm excited about but one of the things that you realize when you take the bright line is that now the back of the warehouses have to be activated right uh it's the same with the underline now you're now you're passing by what used to be the back of the house 
trash is there, the receptacles, all everything is there. Now you can activate the back of those retail shops. You can activate the back of those centers, small bay warehouses, which are all along that track uh, of the railway. And um, and now you have another another opportunity, right? That is created out of you know activating something that was dormant for so long. In both cases, you have you know both the, the rail line and the um, you know and the underline were dormant. You know they were they were dilapidated. Right. They were not they there was no value or usability there. So I I love that it's not only the connectivity of you know the the literal connectivity that is created out of the rail line and out of the underline, but there's also the additional connectivity of you know now the back of those spaces can be activated. You know and 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 you start to see that develop as you take the train later on. Right. You start to see how and they're the activating the back. That blew up because now around the stations, because now you had people that don't need cars necessarily, right? right? So exactly. we saw a lot of multifamily and, and apartment right. rentals and stuff well, we go up in that area. A lot more retail develop around the right. stations themselves. Right. We also started to see uh, companies that have multiple offices up and down the state requesting that the offices were close enough to the Brightline. So they would say, I have an office in Palm Beach County, in Broward, in Miami. I have an office in Orlando. I have an office right. in Jacksonville. But now they're seeing, well, if, if our office is close enough to the Brightline, then it allows for easier connectivity for us to hold meetings here, hold meetings there, and, you know, so uh, absolutely. When you brought up this topic about connect the dots, uh, the thing that I was reminded of is the times in which a deal was hanging in the balance, and because we were able to connect the dots, you know, all of a sudden it made all the sense. And there's a couple that, that come to mind. One I have mentioned before, and it is, you know, many years ago I had a client who was uh, under contract to buy this 18-unit apartment building in North Beach. The numbers were tight. They were asking top of the market value. We had it on the contract. He was trying to figure it out. He told me, I'm underwriting this, but man, it's it's gonna be tough for us to really execute. And then I told him that two doors down, we had met the owner of the new hotel. They only had 10 keys and her complaint was she didn't have enough keys. So then I asked him, well, why don't you talk to her and see if you wanna reevaluate and re-underline the deal as if you're gonna convert these units into hotel units. And now the, you know, two doors down, you have the, the the restaurant you have the 10 key hotel you have the pool but then she's going to have uh you know 18 additional keys to be able to sell because you know they're always packed and so when he reran the deal the deal all of a sudden made so much sense including the cost of the retrofitting that the units would need to go through in order to be able to make that happen and that was a change where we were just connecting the dots among the operators that are operating in a different sector. He's buying a multifamily right. building, same which is yearly, same different, different asset class. But this is where we got to give a shout out to Beth Hazel, who always talks about the value of canvassing and really knowing your area. And that's where, you know, the reason why we met that owner is because we were walking around and we wanted to meet owners in the area. We want to get to know the area better. And it worked out so well that a year later we're on their contract and then 
then I remember, well, why don't we call her? We stayed in touch. Those things become important. The other one is a, a more recent example is I've had a lot of clients that were getting ready to float some of the land that they had, that they owned, uh, some vacant land and, and stuff like that because values had gone up. And they felt that the zoning was limited in what they wanted to do. They couldn't scale. And then, you know, lo and behold, the Live Local Act, you know, uh, comes about, changes the zoning density. It gives them a lot more leeway. So now they reevaluate their position on that land. They re-underwrite it with what you're able to build now. And the majority of them kept the land and started working on the development of that land. So, you know, I, I think, again, that the, for me, when you say connect the dots, I'm always thinking aside from the direct thing of buyer, seller, you know, product is interchanging. But more importantly, how do you find value where there is none or perceivably none, right? But there's value in the zoning. There's value in changes that are happening legislatively. There's value in looking at the asset class, not for what it is, but what it could be. Agreed. And, you know, different people see different patterns in the same dot cluster, right? So, so, and to me, creativity is such a huge part of commercial real estate and pattern recognition helps with that. So if you start seeing a pattern and I, I think of Miami Realtors and the work that they do along with the Beacon Council and the Chamber and, and other local groups to bring businesses to our area. And I remember Miami Realtors started going to France and promoting Miami real estate in yeah. France. And, you know, some of us were like, why are, why are you doing that? And it had to do with people who were searching for real estate, but who hadn't really purchased yet. And, yeah. and the association had that data. And then within like three years, you started to see macaroon shops popping up. So I think, and, and now France is a big part. I think they were in the top five for several years of the people searching and buying for real estate yeah. in, in South Florida. Yeah. So I think that connecting the dots helps discover connections that you might not normally notice in your day-to-day -day activities. And yeah. it's going to help you see not where real estate currently is and what's happening now, but it actually yeah. allows you to break out of a pattern that you might be seeing to yeah. see where real estate is going. Yeah. So some of the other ideas, you know, Miami Realtors puts out this monthly chart showing which countries and cities are most actively searching for South Florida real estate. So if I look at that and I start hearing all of a sudden that, I don't know, there's political unrest in an area or that there was a major real estate law change in an area. And it turns out that that was an example with France. France had passed this huge luxury tax on, on French properties. And so people were selling and trying to get out before that tax passed. Um, but that's kind of what I mean by collecting the dots. So two yeah. random things, you know, oh, what does France passing a luxury tax have to do with Miami real estate? But all of a sudden you see that, 
you know, France is one of the top five countries searching for real estate in Miami-Dade and South Florida all of a sudden allows you to connect the dots either for marketing or what's coming down the road in terms of new needs and requirements. Um, right. Because when people come from another culture, they usually like to bring parts of their other like macarons with them. Um, so anyway, so that was one thing. No, no. And I actually don't like macarons. Um, but <laughs> um, another idea is... Is it a waste of chocolate? It is. It is a waste of chocolate. Another thing would be like a new hospital breaking ground or an airport expanding or a hospital expanding yeah. or a new college being built. I remember, I want to say it was five or six years ago, it might even be seven to 10 years ago, the legislature, the Florida legislature approved two new colleges in different yeah. parts of the state. Huge game changer for those oh. areas. What does that mean for commercial real estate? What's going to be needed? Student housing, retail, faculty housing. So all that kind of stuff is kind of where I got on Absolutely. the connect the dot game. Well, I think that there's also a very important thing to mention, which is that sometimes you don't know which dots to connect or it's like if you're looking at a page to connect the dots and you might see number one and number seven and number 28 and number 34, but the numbers in between have yet to pop up. And what I mean by that is that there are so many times in my life, in my career, where I have established a relationship with someone and seven years later, there's a connectivity between that person and someone else in my database and I'm able to connect the dots and put a deal together that would have never happened if had I, had I not had the relationship. And I could not, seven years prior, be able to tell you, well, this is what's going to happen. This, this is what's going. This relationship is going to lead to that relationship is going to lead to this relationship, and so that's why you know one of the things that I learned early on from a mortgage broker was about focusing on the process more than the result, and that everything kind of will fall into place. And um, and and if you're just focusing on the relationship building, then you'll be always amazed, and you will always be pleasantly surprised at the opportunities that arise out of those relationships that you cannot forecast. You couldn't sit down and, you know, and say that based on the relationships that I have today or the relationships that are building tomorrow, that, you know, those things are going to lead to anything. And so there is a level of openness that you need to have in order to recognize when the dots are kind of revealing themselves on, on the paper and for you to make those connections. And I think that those are things that are important for people to realize that, that, you know, the connecting of the dots is not always direct, it's not always linear, it's not always obvious, and it's not always in the present moment. That sometimes those things reveal themselves later on. And if you have a long-term view of your life and a long-term view of your of your of your professional life, then it makes it easier to to be able to address that. So I, I think that that is a very important component of uh, of of this this idea that you want to bring about, which is, you know, we are here as connectors. We tell that mm -hmm. to people all the time. All the time. And sometimes our connectivity is not a directly related to our our production, right? Sometimes you're just connecting people because you know X, you know Y, and you want to connect them because, you know, there's a need to be filled and somebody you know is capable of doing it will make that feeling. And you know, but there's also like the law of reciprocity. So everything always comes back. 
back. And uh, and all you're doing is deepening the relationship. And, and so the connecting the knots is not really always about your own production and, and your own, you know, your own revenue per, per se, but it's more about being the connector in anything that is related to your industry, in this case, you know, for us, real estate. Well, and to your point, I think connecting the dots is actually the opposite of focusing on your production and it's getting the much bigger picture. If all you're doing is focusing on the transaction or on the production, you're always going to be where real estate is at the moment. You're not going to see where it's going. You're not going to see trends. You're not going to see potential. You're not going to see opportunities because you're too focused on the deal to deal every day and the production. Whereas if you focus on the bigger picture, the bigger ideas, the bigger connectivity, that's still going to allow you to get to your production. It's because you're not not focusing on your production while you're connecting the dots. It's not one or the other. And And I think we have, especially those of us who do transact, we have more of a tendency to focus all the time just on the transaction that's in front of us and not go out to the bigger picture. And so my challenge for everyone this year is to think about the bigger picture when you travel. What did you see? What did you like? When you went to C5 and CCIM, you saw this really cool entertainment complex in Atlanta and a really creative use of space. I just came back from Medellin, right. Colombia, and some of the architecture and the stuff that they've done with plants and their neighborhoods and how they've engaged would fit so super well in Miami. So we're in Miami, right? right. And, and so that is just kind of what I was trying to get at. Because I think, and there is a book that talks about connecting, and that's called The Gift Giver. And super small book, super easy to read, highly recommend it. But it's all about how um, our successes are tied to either directly or indirectly the connections we make. So... Absolutely. Now, that being said, Absolutely. I So we, we, we hope that this year there is more connectivity in your life on yeah. a personal and a professional level and that you begin to see how really interconnected we all are as human beings uh, at, at every level. And you begin to make some intentional connection of the dots and some pleasantly uh, surprising connectivity of those dots and, and how the world sometimes unfurls itself, yeah. uh, you know, in those connections and if you ever want to talk to us about ideas or things that you see but you're not sure how they connect we love doing this we brainstorm with our agents our friends our fellow real estate agents all of the time um business partners in different states we love that kind of collaboration so please reach out to us if you feel like you'd like to share do you have your fun fact i do okay i do well i I think you're gonna really like this because this is about uh new year resolutions and because we're you know going oh my god what did i catch you you got the same thing well mine is a little different i i think it's probably gonna be a little different but so these are the top new year resolutions for 2024 i'm coming in at from forbes Oh, okay. my God. Is it the same one? Oh, my God. Okay. That's Listen, okay. we could Go. just have one just today. <laughs> but this uh, this, uh, this is not the part, part that you're going to like, but I will say this. The top New Year resolutions for 2024. Uh, coming in at 48%, of course, improved fitness, obvious. 38% improved finances. 36% improved mental health. That's interesting. I think that, that that's a number that moves up. 34% lose weight. 32% improved diet. I think.
think all of those are the same as improved fitness. So I think you know there you could you could really throw that number higher. Make more time for loved ones. Stop smoking. Learn a new skill. Make more time for hobbies. That's I'm I'm there by the way. I'm there. I want to go back and 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 play my guitar more often. Improve work-life balance. Travel more. Meditate regularly. Drink less alcohol. Only three percent. Come on, guys. <laughs> Perform better at work. So uh, that's three percent. But this is the part that you're gonna like. That when they were uh, interviewing everybody and asking them how many New Year resolutions they're planning on setting for 2024, the overwhelming number at 45.5% came in at three resolutions. Our and favorite number. Our favorite number. <laughs> and, you know, we, we believe wholeheartedly in the rule of threes. If you have more than three goals, you have no goals, right? The, the goals need to be written down. They need to be clear, concise, achievable, uh, so that you can carry it on. So I was very happy to see that the great majority of people that are setting uh, New Year's resolutions are, are in here. By the way, one more thing, because I'm just going to, you're going to be like, okay, I have nothing else to say about this, but I'll say one more thing. Overwhelmingly, Americans create New Year's resolutions more than the rest of the world. You know, so we're, I don't know if that makes us more ambitious or that we believe in this idea of, you know, there's a stop and a start <laughs> to the delusional. <laughs> well, and the reason I say that, I think that's hilarious because I have the exact same one, but I thought I might. So I picked a different one because I'm like, mm, Fernando, first of the partner. year. Okay. So the one that I picked is, and this one, might be why we set more and the rest of the world has finally figured out that it's not worth the bother, is that researchers suggest that only 9% of Americans that make resolutions complete them. Mm. In fact, research goes on to show that 23% of people quit their resolution by the end of the first week and 43 <laughs> quit by the end of January. Come on, people. And that's with just three goals. 43% quit by the end yeah. of January. So maybe that's why the rest of the world doesn't do it. But there were four reasons why people seem to fail. One is that goals should start at a time of change. So yeah. you need to have some kind of vision and not do it just for the sake of doing it. You need to expect obstacles doing that during, you know, achieving your goals. You're not going to lose weight if your goal is to lose weight the first week, right? Again, right. compound effect, small changes yeah. take a while. Um, goals have to be challenging enough to be a goal, but they also need to be measured in smaller chunks. So if your goal is to lose X number of pounds, don't focus on the X number of pounds, focus on half a pound a week in the process, right. to your point. Yeah. And just another thing that I found that I thought was super interesting was how you phrase your goal. So this is from Prade. So sorry, the other um, quotes that I did about the 9% um, failing and everything else. That was from OSU, the um, Ohio State's University's Fisher College of Business. Mm -hmm. And the next one, which we talk about a lot, which has to do with mindset, is from Parade. And they talk about the 55 um, New Year's resolutions ideas for 2024. I'm not going to go through them, obviously. Mm -hmm. But they said, you know, Instead of saying, I'm going to work out 
because I want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. It says work out to feel good, not to be thinner. Mm -hmm. So change why you're doing it. Right. You know, um, focus on a passion, not the way you look. So, you know, the reason I want to do whatever is because of how it makes me feel, not how it makes me look. And I thought that was super, super positive. They said, give one compliment a day, do random acts of kindness, try to go a whole day without checking your email. (laughs) Um, So different, different intentions. And I thought that that was really interesting that the goals that were set were not only to better you, but to better your mindset. Jessica, what does Pat McAfee say? Be kind to somebody today? Well, it, uh, you know, he always says that at the end there. He always throws that in there. But So, guys, I wanted to say that we are still running our, our contest. Uh, we're, we're giving away a $100 gift card. It's a raffle for ideas that, we, that you might want us to cover this year in uh, this podcast. So tag us on social media. Make sure you use the hashtag uh, B2C, B letter two, uh, B number two, letter, letter C or between two chairs and uh, we're collecting a lot of ideas we're very excited about some of the ideas that have come in thus far and uh, you know by the middle of the month we are going to select a winner so thank you all those that have already participated and those that will uh, participate now Um, and we love your input and we hope you have a wonderful productive healthy amazing 2024 and that you reach all your goals and aren't part of that percentage be part of the nine percent be part of the nine (laughs) percent i think that three percent that wants to drink less alcohol those are the ones that fail in the first week i would (laughs) all right guys bye everybody till next time till next time ciao for now ciao ciao